Because to be white in 1963, and I would argue still today, is to have the luxury, the privilege, if you will, of not having to know black and brown truth. You can be oblivious to the reality of people of color and suffer no consequence. Very, very segregated country. Millions of white Americans live in places where they rarely see anyone of a different race. You're listening to Your Neighbor's Hood, a podcast for uncomfortable culture conversations, specifically about race. Do your thing, Christina and Jackie. All right. So yeah, we just we're gonna do our thing. Zahara told us to do our thing. We gotta do our thing. So as you guys just heard, we have a new intro because we just I mean, I kind of get tired of saying exactly what it is every time, Mm -hmm. just to be honest. Yeah, and we're growing up. We're growing up. So we wanted to give us some structure to the podcast. So Mm -hmm. um, that lovely voice you heard was Zahara. (laughs) I love her so much as Jackie's daughter. And she's She's just empowering us. And you want, can you just share the story? I think that's cute. Of what? Of how you got her to. So I asked her, I said, Zahara, hey. Um, do you want to help me out and record something for me? And she's like, of course, mom. But see, I know that Zahara is a perfectionist. Yeah. So I was like, I'm just going to, you know, let her do her thing. So I'm telling her what I want her to say. I just said, hey, I'm this, this is your neighbor's hood, you know, uncomfortable cultures conversation. And when I start talking, she's like, stop. Hold on, mom. Hold on. And she's walking around the house. <laughs> <laughs> she's walking around. She comes back with a note card that already has something written on it, but a note card and a brown marker. And she's like, what do you want me to say? And I'm like, this is your neighbor's hood. You're listening to your neighbor's hood, a cult, you know, uncomfortable culture conversations. Um, and I forgot to put specifically about race and whatever. And I was like, and then after that, you could say whatever you want, but you're like tossing it over to me and Christina. Yeah. So say whatever you want. Just like, here you go, Jack, Jack, Christina, right. Jackie or whatever. Say whatever. So we're doing it. And she has a breakdown because it is not perfect. <laughs> right. And we have to talk back up our courage to get it done. And she finally like, I, I was like, you have to add specifically about race because I forgot. And she's like, oh, I'll be right back. She went and got another note card. She had to write it down. Has to write it down. Has to write it's it down. It's her process. It's her prerogative. Okay. <laughs> she does what she wants to do. But um, yeah, so she finally knocked it out and it was... It was nice, and I think really once it was good. after all the tears, because I don't, I never, I didn't want to force her to do it. I just said, if you want to help out, it's fine. If it's too stressful, yeah. but she's really proud. Right? She's really proud, and she's I like, that. "Is that me?" I'm like, "Child, you know it's you. Stop playing." <laughs> <laughs> it's really good you sent it to me and i was like this is so good she's so, too cute she's too much but i didn't know the backstory of what it took to get there. Oh, but it's okay it's okay it was about a 20 minute evolution okay. if that well if now that. so now that's our new intro guys hey, hey. Yeah. so what's good in LA, yeah, Christina? oh man so we're back from florence which is just I still don't, florence is like a week ago it was a week ago but my husband or was two. gone for like over a week and then you know like when someone comes gone they come back in your life like i actually got into like my single routines have you ever done that when oh hell yes. gone? you know what i'm saying every other week my husband switched nights days i'm like single routine <laughs> yeah I'm like binge watching Scandal right now. Like again, I've seen most of them, but like he hates that show, which I completely understand. It's like a girl, you know, like Scandal. It's very dramatic. Scandal. I love Scandal, and so I'm watching that, and then like he's home, and so now I'm like, oh well, now I can't binge watch Scandal anymore. You know what I mean? Like you can't watch my your- shows, my junk shows, like my. You know, I just... It's the American Girls telenovela. Yeah, 
it, it really soap. is. It's your soaps. Yeah, it's my soaps. And, you know, and because, you know, he's like, what? And he, like, wants to spend time with me, which is cool. But then it's like, I kind of just want to, you know, and then I want to, like, mindlessly scroll Instagram, like, every millennial my age. And he's like, you know, but he's very good at, like, okay, let's put our phones away. Let's talk. Which is great. But then I roll my eyes because I'm like, I just really want to watch my show. <laughs> So this, anyway, so I had a week of doing that myself, and now he's home, and I'm very happy he's home, but, but, but I'm adjusting. But you can't. Yeah, but no, I can't, I can't, like, You can't watch. do what you want to do. No, I can't, I can't eat hummus and chips for every meal either. Oh. That's, I, like, when he's gone, that's, yeah. I don't, I'm like, it's, because I don't want to cook. I'm going to need you to come to my house for dinner. I know, well, that's right. I'm just going to need okay. you to show up. Okay, I will, because I won't cook for myself. Because when you're by yourself, also, though, like, you don't want to cook. Like, I don't want to make all the mess, yeah, you know? Yeah. So I just live off of hummus and chips. Girl. It's the Olivia Pope diet. I don't drink, but she knows she would eat popcorn and wine. <laughs> and I'm like, that's me. Oh, yeah. All right. This is an invention. We're going to save you. Yeah, right. <laughs> Next time playing that, I'll come over. I'll mandate it. Right. Uh, I'll try me. to. Um, so what's good in your hood? Um, I was like trying to think of what's good in my hood because like you said struggle bus earlier I'm yeah. like yes I'm on the struggle bus yeah. but I'm honking the horn I'm telling everybody <laughs> beep 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 I'm struggling help me I'm like trying I love you so much I'm on the bus trying not to hit people too because they're my struggle too I mean there's some people in my life that I'm like standing in front of this bus while I drive <laughs> so um What's good is, um, you know, this week has been, this past week, I, I think I'm going through another self-awakening phase okay. where I'm just kind of evaluating myself and yeah. who and what I want to be and what I want to do and making sure I'm being a good person to my um, my husband in particular. Um, so, <laughs> yes, I actually asked him this week, um, hey, you know, what can I do? What Am, am I a good do I do well? That's awesome. With him, you know? And he goes, okay, Jackie, you're going through one of those moments. Do you know you go through this like every couple months? <laughs> do you really? He's like, he's like, we have these conversations every couple months. I tell you what you do that, you know, whatever. And you, you, um, you, you process it. You yeah. try to do better, you know, and then we come back to this point. Yeah. And he was like, so no, you're not doing everything that I would like you to do, but seriously, like, don't change yourself right. for, for, wow. for me or for anybody. And I was like, what? He's like, be the nag that you. <laughs> wow, he said that? Yes. A-hole. I love him though. He was like, be the, the, what does he call it? The obsessive, um, um. I don't know. I can't use the, I don't can't remember the word. It's a word that he says for me. The neurotic. Okay. Be the neurotic nag that you are. Okay. Like that's that. who you are. Yeah. So like, I'm just, de I'm like really just dealing with myself. That's what's good in the hood. And I'm trying to make sure that I, I ate a whole pack of Oreos. So I know quicker than uh, I'm supposed to. Uh, so I know my mental health game is like, Oh my God. I, I binge eat um, mac and cheese when I'm <laughs> <laughs> like the craft. I will go or I go to KFC and get a large and eat it myself. <laughs> when I find myself in the like line of KFC or like eating mac and cheese or a lot of chips, that's when my no. I'm like my mental Question health is your mental somewhere. Health. Yeah, Question isn't that crazy how that happens? You gotta know your triggers. Yes, you gotta know. And you just because I used to drink and now I'm not drinking and that's good and I'm proud of myself. Won't even socially drink just because you know keeping that control. But then I, you know, it, then you binge it, it, on it, mac and cheese. Yes, it just it just went somewhere else. <laughs> 
So that's what I wouldn't call that. I don't know if it's good, but it's good because for oh, me, part of my yeah, part of my PPRs or my preparing responses is to make sure that I'm actively saying, "All right, I'm I struggling." Like I have to acknowledge it, and and um, I'm not. I don't not necessarily laugh about it, but I have to put it. I have to put it out there for the people that are in my circle, yes. so that I can like actually be like, "Oh, I'm dealing with it," so I don't pick all the skin off my thumb. Oh my and god, I, don't. I do that too. <laughs> this is gonna drag on. Sorry. But I yeah, do the exact same no. thing. Do you really? Yeah, I pick the skin off my thumb. Me too. Yeah, until it bleeds. Yes, until I've had it to bleeds. put band aids on my. Yep. My husband, he Clayton's, yeah. grabs my hand. Me too. Yep. That's so interesting. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, well. I, I'm well, good now. My thumbs are good now, But so I've yeah, had I'm it like okay. all the I'm, way down here. I'm yeah. Like, yeah, you see. I'll do the exact same thing. You like bite it. Or like yeah, sometimes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But that's, look. Yeah, guys, oh, we went on. Yeah. But yes, <laughs> that's what's good in the hood. I mean, getting gooder, being a gooder person. A better person. <laughs> so. What about this episode, though? Yeah, Gooder this people. Epi- yeah, this episode was fi- fun and like it took some turns. Like yeah. the start, yeah. We talked about activism and why it matters, and then the history of voting. And I learned, <laughs> I learned a lot about. Um, I learned some things. I learned how much I don't know. I was humbled by my. I made some mistakes on some history, but that's all right. Cause no, yeah, no. And yeah, we're, I think this is very human. Yeah, it's we, very, we're, I think we're relatable because like, yeah. I do not have history memorized. I'll just tell you that. No, right not now. at all. And I don't even know if I want to memorize it like that. I nope. think I've learned to look at history more of like abstractly and trying to pull lessons and themes out of things instead of dates and times because... No. Yep. That doesn't serve me. It doesn't. Just in time. So this is a full, it was a full circle of us just getting ourselves ready to be good advocates for voter registration yep. as those deadlines are nearing. Yep. And then what does that mean for activism? And then as an activist, what does that mean for the type of activist you follow and yeah. what and kind of citizens makes you? Yeah. Yeah. And then we also give some tips on, on like share what critical thinking is and we also encourage you to challenge us and listen and, and and pay attention to who you follow and the leaders the thought leaders that you follow absolutely you know what does that look like and ask some critical questions of us absolutely so so you're kicking it in and yeah. we're talking about all this voting and and acting and stuff and stuff yep <laughs> hope you guys enjoy it uh <laughs> Just tell them to enjoy it. Tell them have Just a good enjoy time. It. Have a good time. I was gonna say thank you, I said I could agree. Um, We're loopy. Yeah, I'm loopy. <laughs> So voting and activism, activism go hand in hand. They go in hand because they we're, did back in history and they do now. Yes, we're so close to a midterm election. We are election. so close to a midterm election, and I will just throw it out there. I I'm passionate about this too, and it's not shaming anyone or trying to bring anything up. But we did. I just I don't understand, and I wish we could take a poll or get a better grasp on society of why voter turnout is so low. And it's like for our for our election, or our, the election for your school board for you. We like nine percent of the population show up to vote. Yeah, and we knocked seven thousand doors, and you had about eight thousand people in your ward. Yeah, so that's ninety. I mean, that's more than half. We knocked. Um, so it wasn't because people didn't. I don't know why people don't vote, and so that fascinates me. And I'm not angry about it. I just I would like to know why people think it doesn't matter, and that's something I'm passionate yeah. about. Yeah. Why people aren't more civically involved. Yeah, with something as 
simple as voting. Exactly. Yes. As simple as voting. Yes. So I don't know if it's a lack of interest or thinking that their vote matters or politics is... Ex- so I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think some of it is how many doors did we knock and people were like, oh, I had no idea. That's very true. Come. That happened a no lot. Idea. That happened a lot. Yo, one guy was like, oh, you're the first person to knock on my door? All right. You right. got my vote. Right. <laughs> <It's> like, <okay. laughs> Just based on showing up. Just showing up. And so that is a part of it too. Right. But then for me, it's also... Um, the historical context, because a lot of time as a as a non or as a black person, um, you get your elders that say people fought so hard for you to get your right to vote. No, no, no. Like you get talked at about it. I needed I needed to be emotionally connected to that story. Yes. To say I'm gonna do this because people fought so hard. Yes. You know what I mean? Same reason why people join the military. It's like, oh, I'm gonna join because I wanna serve my country and all those who have come. Like, there, for me, it has to be a sense of approach. So, if you're nagging at me about voting and it's not something that, like, I see as important, not even see as important, it's just not one of those on my list of to do's, then I don't get, you don't get me there with that message. But I think we are coming to a time where, like, if we could get more people to understand how, how much local politics and policies yeah. influence them. If yes. I can get you to understand that the reason why there's a new fire hydrant being put right there is because this little law was passed or guess what? They're coming and they're going to be planting trees maybe in your yard because there's a plan. The city just made a plan for green infrastructure right. or you could have access to this in your community because you know the, the city council is looking at this. Do you want that? Does that liquor store look bad in your neighborhood? Did you know you can right. get a grant you from the city say to something? Yes, you can do. You can see your activism. So this goes back to your campaign too, and something that I learned, and that's how all of this spawned. But was you people would always say, "Well, what are you going to do for me?" And I, I, one of our messages was, "No, we're going to. What are we going to do together?" Absolutely. Because I think we think yes, elected officials are here to serve, of course, mm-hmm. public service, but people to have an active hopefully participate in creating the society that they want right you know and that that goes to systemic racism that goes to white supremacy that goes to everything we see around you us we have to take an active part in it an active part yeah and one of this one one of the simplest things that people can do is vote yeah and and try to be a knowledgeable voter Mm -hmm. and pay attention and discuss why and who you're voting for yeah why and who you're voting for so because we are a uncomfortable culture conversations podcast right (laughs) we are i didn't know we did that (laughs) part of that is digging into the the color of voting yeah and what does that mean and what what why is it that you see so many white communities very active in voting and so many non-white communities not active in voting? Right. Why do you see that? What is that? And what this is goes that? to, we did a video about this, but learning how to ask questions and asking the right questions. And you don't always even have to find the answers. It's just more of being aware and active, asking those questions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so part of it is that the world... Um, it, it has not always been a popular view to support non-white people, non-white, non-male people voting. Right. Which is crazy to think about because I, and that's where I think the disconnect comes in 2018. Honestly, I think people think we're farther ahead than we are. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think people think, no, not in 2018. Well, yeah, in 2018. Women aren't oppressed. Oh, black, you know, because I hear that all the time, you know. And so I think what we have to realize is, like, yes, a lot of work has been done, but a lot more needs to be done as it well. It still needs to be done. So let's take it back. So the first time that we saw voting for people that were not white males even brought up was from President Lincoln. That's so interesting. I guess I never thought about that. Yeah. And that was late 1800s What a cool dude. <laughs> yeah. But know that, and we were just talking about this, that, that his his supporters were like, uh, what are you doing? Right. People aren't going to pay any, any attention to what you're trying to do outside of the fact that you're trying to help these Negroes. Why are you bringing this up? Yeah. So that's, but it wasn't until the late 1800s. And we're in the, we're in the what, early 2000s right now. But it's like it wasn't until the late 1800s that we even started having discussions mm-hmm. about non-white males voting. Wow. Or actually, yeah, non-white males because we women, we weren't even in the picture at that time. Like we're not, we're, we weren't in the picture until what, 19, we talked about Yeah, it's late 1920s. 1920s or something like that. Yeah. Until until then, so that's when the Fifteenth Amendment, mm-hmm. the Fifteenth Amendment guarantees. And what was that for people that don't know? Right. So the Fifteenth Amendment guarantees that you should not be discriminated against to vote um, because of your race, because of your color, or because of any other status that you've had. And let's preface this: this is when we pull apart why. To me, what I still can't wrap my head around is that was nineteen sixty-five. 1965, Well, that, right? not, the, not the 15th Amendment. What was that one? Well, the 15th Amendment. Let's look and see when the 15th Amendment. Wasn't it the 60s? Congress passed. Yep. Okay, no. Congress passed February 18, okay. 1869. Okay. So, well, wow. So in 1869, see, so that's what it was. So two years before yeah. 1869 was the first time that we heard a public official, the president, yeah. Lincoln, saying, hey, free slaves. But here was the kicker on that, too, though. When when Lincoln said that freed slaves should have the right to vote, he said as long as they were intelligent and or were oh my God, previously soldiers. Stipulation. That people, intelligent, free men that were intelligent or prior soldiers should have the right to vote. And that's it? Well, that's a step forward. I mean, that's yeah. that was really, right. think about it, in 18, if that was, if the 15th. Yes, 1869, the 15th minute was ratified, but two years prior to that is when Lincoln was like, hey, I think that smart, smart black men and also <laughs> men that fought for this country should, should be, be able, able to, to vote. vote. And that was controversial. Right. But, but then think about this. What is intelligent, Christina? Right. Right. Is it a test? Is it common sense? Is it, mm-hmm. is it believing a certain ideology? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's so crazy. So then you're saying a test, and that is true. Yeah, a test. So they, to keep that divide, there were poll tax taxes, right? You got to pay 2 or $3 to vote. And then there were... But for certain people. Y- yes. Yeah. Wow. There was intimidation, having the police at the poll, mm-hmm. having, you know, the, right. the dog. Like, I um, have an uncle that is just like, he cannot do canines. Like, don't bring... A, the, the police dogs yeah. looking like don't bring a canine looking dog because he's like them dogs are like the dog those dogs are the devil right because those were the dogs that were sick on them or they would have primaries that were white only mm-hmm. so the black people can buy you can vote in a general election but you can't vote in the primaries what yes that was law that was what state because you remember right the reason why we the constitution gives no one the right to vote right 
it doesn't. There's nowhere in there. All it does is it has amendments and things in there that prevents the discrimination of voting because no states could agree on how voting should happen. And it was going to be different across the board. It was going to be different across the board. So when you talk about whites only primary, Alabama could do that because there's nothing saying that you can't have a white only primary. Right. There's no law against it. There's no, no law. Because you're a state with your own independent rights, you can do what you want. You can do what you want because we're letting these right. non-white people vote in the general election. Wow. Oh, right. So it's justified. Yeah, I'm still giving right. you the right to vote. You still have election. the right to vote. Yeah, but then that also you, but then it also keeps people of color ever from getting in positions of power because they never get to decide. <laughs> they, who that's comes what I'm to saying. <laughs> exactly, because no one ever gets to the general election because they can't vote in a primary. No, and then there's the intellectual test where there was a woman who said. They, she would walk up to the poll. It's the same lady that showed her little picture of her poll tax. And she's like, read the third line of the second paragraph of the Constitution. And if you didn't know it, goodbye. You can't vote. Who knows that? You know what I mean? Like, so they would show up to go vote. And they would have to recite To register thing. to vote. To reg- Oh, to even register? You yeah. had to know that? To register. Well, none of us would be registered to vote today. <laughs> I'd be like, the bleep, the bleep, the bleep, like one of those old little uh, <laughs> One of those little little kids. Okay, yeah. like, <laughs> I mean, that's kind of how I feel. I'm like drawing a blank and I consider myself like very, pretty good with American history. You know, like, oh my God. Listen, I haven't even learned all the amendments. That's not a... I know that's embarrassing. So, I mean, it is, but I... Not you. Through. I'm speaking for myself. Yeah, I, I feel embarrassed How by many that. are there? I don't even know. Oh, Christina. <laughs> I'm going to cut this out. No, but the thing about, but we're, we don't have to because this is, we're average people just trying to, and as the thing about learning this stuff is we're learning as we go. And what I know, again, as an educator, an adult educator, is that adults are very life-centered learners. What is that? Right? Mean? Meaning I learn something when it is necessary for my life. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right. So that, I mean, there's a whole theory behind adult education. It doesn't, and it applies to all of this. Yeah. So when do I need to know, again, the no, think about the Know Your Rights campaign. No one would be, there would be no Know Your Rights campaign. Right. Unless it affects you, that, why would you? Absolutely. Until your rights are challenged or taken away, you're not, you don't know them. Absolutely. So there's nothing, I don't feel, I do feel a little shame in saying, like, I don't even know how many of them. I just said there. the 15th Amendment was in 1965, so there you go. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? But yeah. that's, come on now, like. But it was ratified in the, what it says, 18. Yeah, there's a whole 1800s thing, but... but I had no idea. Yeah, but remember, they were still ta- we're still talking about just men. Right. At this point. We're still... Yeah, so we haven't even moved past into women. We haven't even moved past women. because we're talking about minorities, right? right. And, and at the end of the day, we know, and we've been talking about, that a lot of this talking progressively about moving forward threatens a specific demographic of people. Yeah, and it's still hard to wrap your head around that in 2018. That goes back to what I'm saying. Like, mm-hmm. people think it it's not like that now, and it is, but it's also hard to find that. It's hard to find evidence of that. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Mm-hmm. Because I think, especially we just, we're so busy, we live our lives, we also just don't see forces that still are at work or in play. Yeah. And I think part of the way we challenge that is through history, too. Yeah. Is 
you can ask somebody and say, well, Eric, you know, they could say that all oh, this, it's nothing wrong, you know, nothing wrong with the United States. Everybody's good. We've had a black president. Women are doing running for office. But then you go like, okay, so then what, you know, who President Eisenhower is, right? So then why did he have to sign the Civil Rights Act? Right. That's what I was trying to get at. That's 1965. That's what, that's what, that's what you're talking about. That's what talking and about. the beauty of the Civil Rights Act is the Civil Rights Act established a commission for voting. Gotcha. Thank you. I was like, I knew 1965 was very important. That's what it was. Yes. So was it trying to protect? So was that, that's protecting voters. So it was the commission to enforce voters' rights. Gotcha. Thank you. Okay. Because I was like, I, that's, that's Something what I was trying was, to yeah, get connected. to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I knew 1965 was important. I knew the well, civil rights. Voters' rights, I mean, the civil rights. Act was in 1957. 1957. But 65 is the Voters' Right Act. Thank you. So 1957, okay. you had I President I remember that year. That's yeah. your year, girl. We're get there. We're walking y'all okay. through. We're getting. We're going on a timeline. Yeah. We've gone to 1800. Then, mm-hmm. yeah, okay. So by this time, women, the 19th Amendment has been established that women can vote, right? Yeah. So we did through our, we went through our subject, our uh, suffrage. The voting age is still 21. Yeah. That's so interesting. I feel like a lot of people don't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The voting age wasn't even lowered. It was lowered under Nixon. Yeah. In 1971. Boy, you're impressing me. But I did some homework. Yeah. Because we talk, you and I know a lot of stuff, right. but then sometimes we, we we have to connect it back to the real stuff. Right. To the, to the, the grounded yeah. history. Yeah. To the grounded history. Well, because you also, if you don't examine history, you're not going to realize where you are today. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like ever, where we are right now is a re, is because of... Oh, as a reflection of all of that. Absolutely. So if we're in 1957 yeah. and you can vote, I can vote. I mean, because we're of age. Right. And we're, we're ladies and yes. stuff. There's still some roadblocks there. Not for you, maybe, right. but for me. Because even though the Civil Rights um, Act had the commission that was like, okay, we're going to make enforce voters' rights, you know, uphold, in a sense, uphold the 15th Amendment, who is in charge of enforcing that? Who? I mean, who? Think about that. No, who who enforces laws? Who enforces all the? I mean, the people, white men, <laughs> the police, yeah. right? Yeah, the judicial system, right? The all the systems that are in place, all white juries. Right. If I want to go to court and say that my voting rights were were uh, violated, I'm going to have to go to a, to face not of my peers, right? It will be white men. Right. That will get to decide. Police who were already antagonizing black people at the polls prior to are the ones deciding. Are the ones enforcing, enforcing this stuff. That's amazing. So if you look at activism and the role it played, they changed attitudes. That's what activists do, I think, is shift and change ideas. <laughs> so good point you, right? Yeah. Because guess what happened? What? Abby, I learned about this thing called the Bloody Sunday. I don't know what that is. Bloody Sunday was in 19, it's kind of what pushed, what you start, you're talking mm-hmm. about activism, what pushed Eisenhower to do, to, to, to sign the Civil Rights Act is a bunch of police mm-hmm. attacked a group of peaceful protesters um, with dogs and all that mm-hmm. good stuff because wow. they wanted voting rights. That's it. But that goes back to activism. Yeah, and so I think we think of activism and we look and we think, oh, people protesting in streets and you know, stuff mm-hmm. like that. But a lot of it is, I see activism as uh, education, empowerment, and then changing ideas and minds and hearts and appealing emotionally to get people to understand a cause. Mm-hmm. 
because if had it not been for activism, we wouldn't be at this point today. No. We wouldn't have the Voting Rights right. Act of 1965. Thank you. Your year. Right yeah, which um, helped enforce, again, like re... So you're at a point where we've got one, two, three different things that are trying to get right. minority people to be able to vote. Right. 15th Amendment, Civil Rights Acts with their commission, and, and the Voters' Rights Acts of 1965. And none of that changes without changing attitudes. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? Like, that is that is truly hearts and minds stuff. That's, that's what this podcast is. That's what. And this is the whole episode today is also, like, talking about activism, talking about how we came to this place and the importance of our listeners and our audience mm-hmm. not underestimating the value of having conversations about race and racism and and, and bias with their literally their neighbor. You yeah. know what I mean? Like what I'm trying to say is like people gain these rights and we gain this by grassroots. It wasn't like a big it, they gain notoriety and they gain power in numbers, but it was it was because they started with conversations with people and said, hey, did you know this? Hey, and they help walk people to understanding the importance of voting. Look at the March on Selma, which is like what they were talking about. And it's voting. so funny. Yeah, it's funny to me. These people are everyday people like us. Everyday people. Every freaking day people. Yeah, I mean, I think people do that to me. Like, wow, you're so great. You guys are so great. And I'm like, no, not really. I'm an average person just stepping up because now that I'm a witness to history and a witness to other people's experiences that are not like, that aren't my own, now that I know I can't not know and I can't sleep at night not knowing that I didn't try to fight for a more equitable society for all of us. Mm -hmm. Because the fight is still there. Yeah, it is. We were just looking up that in 2013, the section, what was it? Section something, section five. Of, oh, four? Section four of the voter rights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was struck down, which helped stop the discrimination right. between people. It, it's like, for protection. So, it and what you're saying is that activism doesn't start because it all starts, it's all about what's going on in your backyard. Yes. Because your state could do That's something what I'm trying to very, say. yeah. Yeah. Your state can do something very discriminatory towards people that don't look like you. That don't look like you. Right. And you're not, you don't want to be, you don't want those things to happen, but you don't know there's they're happening. Yes. That's the state that we're in today. Exactly. That's what I'm like for me, I think as the white person that's, and I can't speak for all white people and would never try to, Mm -hmm. but I know that a lot of, I know I speak for myself and then people that I talk to on a daily basis aren't aware of how many injustices there still are or things that are still happening. Right. And and then when they do become aware, it's like almost so overwhelming yeah. and they don't want to do anything. So they kind of just shut down and, and don't just live that life. It. Exactly. Live that life you're living. But now, and I will call, and now it's like the call to action for me is like, if you listen to this podcast, you're on a spectrum of woke. You're on a spectrum <laughs> of knowing, like, like, the woke I, spectrum. Yeah. So it's like, I put my hands out like this. I'm like, so maybe I'm a little bit farther down the spectrum. And if you're listening to the, what is this? The seventeenth episode or whatever. Whatever it is, you're you there. You can't say you didn't know now. Yeah, you can't say. Yeah, and register to vote. Register to vote. <laughs> and I would say I have like a social thing that I try to do, not experiment, but it's like so right. So we're social creatures. Yeah. We do things because we see our peers doing them. You know, we. So my my challenge, and this is what I do, is I text people. Did you vote? 
Are you registered to vote? And it's not a shaming thing. I'm not like, did you vote? Like trying to make you feel bad. But if you know that I'm going to hold you accountable to voting and I'm going to talk about it and you didn't, then you're going to feel bad. So you're more likely to get your butt to the voting. (laughs) Amen. And if you are interested and if you, not if you're interested, but if you want to do the work towards making voting equitable. Yeah. Get closer to what your state's require for voting what is your state is your state doing things that prevents non-white people from voting from voting yeah absolutely and i think you know what it comes down to and we've said this it all comes around we love civics we love government. We love our city. We love it. We do. We're nerds. Mm-hmm. That's why I love you because I've never <laughs> met anyone. Everyone, I would always be like, I love city government. And they're like, uh, like you can't see my what? face. But yeah, exactly. Like I worked for public utilities in Cle- like the city of Cleveland Department of yeah Public Utilities Water. And people were like, you liked that? I was like, I you loved it. <laughs> Stormwater bills, bring them on. <laughs> like, like, you clean your drain today. Yeah, seriously, that was part of my job. Was like, stop <laughs> telling people like, <laughs> like what to not put down their drains. But like, people, I we're laughing, but it's serious because we all create what we see around us, right? Mm-hmm. So like, the reality is we all create it, and we need to. So what, basically, a lot of our podcast is always advocating for people to be better citizens. Better citizens. And I can do better too. Like I'm not. I I don't even want to say like I'm a real, like a model citizen. I'm not perfect, but I'm engaged. Yep. And if you're listen, if you're here listening, because again, it's the race piece that gets you. Yeah. Going there is a piece to that for everything. So Absolutely. like you were talking about environmental yes. stuff. There is environmental racism. Like there's yep. I there, learned that word there, too. We could do a whole episode on that. So, but there there are pieces to where we can be better citizens for those who don't know or for those who are being affected or being marginalized yes. because of yes. civics. Right. And it's it and it takes critical thinking skills. We've talked about it. It takes like looking at your city government and looking at things around you and, and digging a little deeper. And and when I say digging deeper, I'm not even saying Googling things. I'm just saying question, make, asking questions. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, wait, why is that like this? Wait, mm-hmm. what is that's how change starts to happen because people start to question and hold their local government accountable. Mm-hmm. I would love to, like, pie in the sky, big dream. I would love it to be a part of school's curriculums to mm-hmm. automatically register. Like, part of the curriculum is that you register to vote. Or what if I don't, because in learning all this stuff about states, I'm like, what if Virginia was a state that automatically registered students enrolled in? If you were 18. When you turn 18, you were automatically registered. Yeah. At least just so you're done. Because a lot of people, my grandma took me to register to vote, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's like, but there's that social structure to it. Unless someone does that for you, you, yeah. You know, I who knows? I grew up with very civically engaged people, so mm-hmm. I think that's a lot of why I'm today. But if you don't grow up like that, or that's not around you, I yeah, get it. and find your why. Because in doing like this, st- find your why. Because for many of years, the why for a lot of folks was to keep ownership of what they had mm-hmm. to protect what they thought was right, meaning protect the fact that they don't want non-white people in their neighborhoods. They don't want, they were using, they were exercising their, and I'm putting right in quotes, but they were exercising their right 
to protect their neighborhoods. Right. They had a why. And so they were at the polls. They were engaged what was going on because they were they felt they were protecting their shit. <laughs> like, like, Which I'm sure we still see a lot of. Well, you still see. Look, girl, like, but I'm just saying, find your why. Yeah. And they, they, they were going hard for right. what they believed in. And that got them to the polls. That got them civically engaged. So what is your why? And what is going to be like, fuel you to be like, even though I don't feel like it, I'm going to get up. I'm going to go and take oh, this. I'm glad you said that too. Cause I definitely deal with that. Like, I don't feel like voting. Mm, I don't that, feel like it too. I get the same way. And there's, that's what I'm saying. I'm not a perfect citizen either. I, it don't get me. Like, if you look at my voting record, I haven't voted in every consecutive thing I've missed. Mm-hmm. You know, it happens because of life, but it, that doesn't mean that you, we need to stop. Mm-hmm. What's your why? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is your why? Cause there are people that are now voting. Look, the whole plan here and parenting piece. That's their thing. There are people who are voting because education schools are I mean, not. What's your thing? That's going to say, yo, if I don't freaking find someone that, that is aligns with my issue. Yep. You know what I mean? Well, and the, the opposite of uh, love is not hate. It's indifference. <laughs> I've been obsessed with Nellie Wise lately. Sorry. But well, I mean, but, but it's true. Mm, so if that. we're indifferent, I mean, cause that's how World War II happened. I'm not going down the, the history rabbit hole, but I'm just saying like evil rises or bad things happen when we're indifferent. indifferent. Yeah. I can and see that. so now that's a call to white people for me. When I'm always, you know, I'm speaking to white people is that, oh, Bruce, our, big, our, our <laughs> podcast dog is awake. Um, <laughs> is, is, you need to. I'm just saying it's like, Christina's trying to talk. I am. Bruce is sitting between us and he's like, hey, I hear you talking, but pet my neck, Christina. Yeah, I mean, he literally just put his, his entire head up on my neck. So she's trying to get her words. And yeah, I'm he's trying like, to like articulate my words. And I'm he's like, training you right now. He's like, listen, you see my neck, you press, you rub, you press, you yeah, rub. Yeah. Say your words now, say your words. Right. <laughs> I mean, literally, like, he woke up and he was like, oh, she's still here. She needs to give me pets. <laughs> this is our, our podcast. Dog. So, go ahead. You're saying difference, indifference. Yeah. So, indifference is actually, so lo- there's, what is it? Um, the opposite of love is not hate. It's indifference. Right. And so, and that to me means indifference to anything. I'm, I know we don't, we can't all care about everything. Absolutely. Right? Like, my husband's very environmental. That's great. And I, I love that because I can't pay attention to all of that. That's just not, that doesn't break my heart you know I mean I care (laughs) but like there's just I it's hard for me so it's like so I'm grateful that he stands on top of that you know what I mean I'm more social justice racial justice people you know issues like that um but paying attention and not not caring because I feel like I have a lot of conversations with a lot of millennials that just don't (laughs) yeah that they're just wrapped up in their own lives and I'm speaking to white people when I say that it's it's more of just because we do, we do live in such bubbles and such privilege. We don't have to look at the world around us mm-hmm. and say, "Is it equitable for everyone?" Because mm-hmm. you have what you need. Yeah, I like that. Find what breaks your heart. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. or set your soul on fire. Whatever way you want to look at it. Yeah. But for I can share what mine is. Mine is, and it's come out of the campaign it's come out of being really close friends with someone that's a person of color that lives a very different reality than me that when I have children 
will have very different realities. If I have a son, it's a different. And that breaks my heart. It angers me. It like gets to the core of who I am. So I want to do this work. So if you, you just, you have to engage and talk to people and live diverse experiences to find it too. Oh, you're tearing up. I am tearing up. Because every time we bring up Duran, it gets me. Because it's like, if I had a son, it would just be very different. It's hard. You know, and talking to my white girlfriends that have sons, their reality, like we, when I became close, you know we're close so it's like we, you would share things that I'm like my white friends never have to talk about this yeah so. so I'll say this did I tell you this I've been doing a lot of writing no that's great so I've been writing because I'm trying to finish this day on parental leadership book that's awesome and and I don't know that that's what I'm writing about because yeah. I'm finding that a lot of what I I'm typing out because I just purge is about the different Americas that my daughter and my son live in yeah and how my daughter is in an America right now where she, as a young lady, is it's celebrated. You know, that right. black girl magic. Black girl magic, and, you know, yeah. All of that. Like, it's, yeah. it's a great time to be a little black girl. Right. But for my son, what he sees is um, it is more like a survival America yeah. for don't, my... Don't do this. Don't, don't do that. I feel yeah. like it would be a lot of don'ts. It is a lot of don'ts. And, yeah. it, and, and then he's seeing, we're seeing now that it is doesn't matter whether you have on a hoodie or whatever like they're yeah it's dangerous. it's it sucks and yeah. i was just doing a catalog i was going back through what i was writing and i was just like yo it it is very difficult to raise a black son in this time and i'm sure it's always been it's always been difficult to raise black men but it is even more difficult when i know i am making a concerted effort to make sure that he is intelligent that he can think critically something we talked about um that he is palatable without compromising What's palatable? Who, meaning that he is he, people can take him gotcha oh acceptable kind of yes to society okay because you know like we in our interview with jay like, was oh, like, like a palate like oh yeah it's too much more like palate yeah. or that's not my palate got it that it that he is people are able to take him because i don't know what he's going to look like yeah. When I look at the men on my father's side and the men on my, um, on my, uh, on both of our sides of family, his dad and I, I don't know what he's going to turn out to look like. So it's like I'm trying to like, I don't know. It's a lot to think about. It's just so much. That's what I'm saying, and that's why I tear like, up because we, I have the, I don't have kids yet, but I have friends that have sons, and these are not the issues that we talk about. Yeah. So you, so so you have normal issues of raising a boy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and there's a lot of overlap when I talk with my girlfriends. You know, just what it's just like. Just the muchiness of yeah, boys. Of boys. Yeah. The muchiness. And, yes. And, <laughs> you know, and then the racial component to it. I yeah. listen, and that's all I can do. Well, I... No, I can do more, which I'm trying, of doing this podcast and our events and all of those things mm-hmm. uh, because Just, it's important. Yeah. I don't want to rob him of his childhood, but I have to. Right. And that goes to, it just didn't mean saying, okay, I'm one writer this book, but it, that also layers into um, being cognizant of who you decide to follow yes. in your efforts to being more, being um, where you want to be on the woke spectrum, yes. as you said. Yes. That could be very, it could be a great thing for you and the yeah. people in your life, or it can be very damaging yes. to you in your life because we do have a lot of activists out there that that are not, they don't want people to be free thinkers. They just want people to 
Yeah. Shut up and listen. Yeah. I mean, not even activists. Go ahead. No, no, no. I just want to say not even free thinkers, but critical thinkers. It's just, just shut up, sit down and listen. Yeah, quite literally. Then, but do something. I just, I'm so but confused. But it's very by confusing it. though. Yes, I'm so And then if you say it. you're confused, you're not doing the work. Yeah. And I follow accounts that say, like I've said this before, where they tell white women to not ask questions of black women about their experience or, you know, and it's so confusing to me because I'm like all the black women in my life. That's never been my experience. Not once, Mm -hmm. literally not once. Like, and that's like the antithesis of what we do. Mm -hmm. And so I'm thinking, you know, I'm seeing all these other white women who are like, well, I can't say anything. right? Right. You know what I mean? Like I can't say anything. And so when we look at our platform and what we're trying to do, I, I want to be challenged because Absolutely. I'm an imperfect human being. Look, mm-hmm. I try to bring my best self to this podcast. Mm-hmm. I try to do the research and lead people and give resources. But at the end of the day, I'm an imperfect person. Mm-hmm. And you are too. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So I don't think you would want to be an activist like that either that no. tells white people to sit down and shut up. No. Like, you can, can you speak yeah, to that? Yeah, no, I'm like, give me shit because I don't know all the amendments, okay? <laughs> oh my God. I'm so humbled. I'm humbled daily in this work. Let's just say that. But um, I would never want to be in a position where I, I... So I always try to come from a, when we're talking about professional things. It's like, what are you in the business of? I, when we're talking about activism and community development and civics... I don't want to build robots right. that are waiting on me to program them. Yes. And that was a message of your campaign and I loved it. And quite frankly, I steal it for this podcast. Like we don't want people that, because I remember we had an event and someone came up to me and was like, this is great, but this doesn't end racism. How do we do that? And I remember just being really angry. Like, what do you mean? How do we end? I don't know. We don't end it. I'm not telling. We affect it. We affect it. And it's a daily thing. And I'm trying to do it right now. But guess what? Just because I stepped forward to be a leader, I'm doing air quotes, in this movement doesn't mean that I have the answers. And I'm telling you, people that are on a platform or that have an Instagram account and have, I think also what happens too is we see people with large followings and we idolize them. We yeah. make them these people that they're not. And I'm not saying that people aren't wise and great leaders, but the, here's the thing. Your leaders are flawed. All of us. We are all flawed. Oh, good. It goes back to, so we are both, I don't know where you are in the book, mm-hmm. but reading lies your teacher told yeah. you, and I, he talks about hero Yes, heroification. Heroification. I have read that. Yeah, yes. so what is his name by James? Um, Lowen. I think it's okay. L-O, I could be pronouncing it wrong. It's L-O-E-W-E-N. But it's called um, Lies. Lies History Taught Us. Lies that our t- history teacher taught us. Something yeah, like something that. like that. Yeah. But he talks about heroism and how damaging it is. Yes. You want to talk about it? Because you yeah, have explained that really well, like yeah. how it damages us as, as people. It damages us because we start to see these people and they don't give us a robust like picture of who they truly were and what so like they give Helen Keller as an example you know she um you see her as a child and you see her going through like the she learns how to yeah. you know she learns how to read you know and and her, and her teacher and, and all yeah. that good stuff right so that's what we know but then the part we don't know is that she was a socialist she actually was very like she's in very kind of dangerous ideologies you know but 
but people don't want to teach that because we want to see this clean, pristine. Yeah, she was of very her. active. Yes, she was very active in her beliefs and. But she that like, she, but because someone is a leader and and are and and can speak and 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 is engaging, doesn't mean that they have all the right ideas. Yeah, and I I get tired of living in a place where we and I I've seen it I've seen this in this work when I've done 20 episodes on a podcast and then all of a sudden people are asking me how to end racism. Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You don't know. No. We don't know together. We're trying to do something. And I'm more of, I forget there's a type term of leadership that it's called, but it's like collaborative leadership. Like I'm not, I'm not up here. Like I'm, I'm not up here and then telling people what to do. Mm-hmm. I'm saying I'm learning, I'm growing please come with me. Yeah. Engage yeah. in my content. Yeah. We're about collective action. Yes. And so it's, it's, yeah, we're taking acts and we want you to take acts yeah. with us and whatever that, but what that looks like in your, um, realm of the world. Yeah. For us at this moment, it's specifically about race. What steps can we all take? What can you do in your background yard to, to create more equity? Yes. And that doesn't, that is not the same for Chicago no. as it is for Akron, no. as it is for Little Rock, as it is for LA. And that's why our name <laughs> really resonated with me when, when we were picking on this, because that's what it comes down to. It comes down to your neighborhood, but then your neighbor's neighborhood, you know what I mean? Like your community mm-hmm. together, because yeah. it does look different, but it take it starts ask, it starts with asking questions. I've said that before. I feel like I have, the older I get, the more questions I have. Mm-hmm. Like the more, the more I, I realize I don't know. Someone told me that like the older you get, the more, you know, you don't know. Mm-hmm. And that is so true for me. Cause I've been, I'm humbled daily. <laughs> and then we cannot, we are, we are in a time where we cannot afford to allow what's just put in front of us to, to really dictate our morals. Yes. And don't allow a huge following on Instagram and a book and a platform. Cause I'm telling you that stuff's easy to achieve, right? Mm-hmm. So you can have hollow words, but who are the people that you are following? Do they have character? Are they people of character? What are they doing? You know what I mean? What are they doing? But use these things to gain knowledge. Right. To grow yourself. Right. Not to, what do you call it? Um, Not to, I don't, I don't know if the words are Idolize, yeah. But it's like, they're yeah, like, I mean, I'm just listening. put them on a pedestal above your own intelligence. Because I know I do that all the time. I'm like, well, I'm not that smart or I'm not this. I'm not. But I am. Yeah, you know you're I mean? smart. I have the ability to think and analyze and critique society and people because they're because people are flawed. We all are by nature of being human. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so people are going to have, so especially in this race portion you know I I really have had to work through and still am working through unfollowing and and standing in my own truth of knowing that Mm -hmm. I don't agree with some of the ways some activists are choosing to do things Mm -hmm. and that's okay and that is okay because we want people we want people talking about it and even even knowing that uh, something that early on I I know you took the steps to do it and I took the steps to do it but to start paying attention to what the other side is saying. Oh, oh, absolutely. I can't tell you how many Trump followers I follow yeah. on, on Twitter a lot. Just because, listen, it's I, for me, you've but. got to, and I don't want to say 
enemy, but you've got to no, know but, what's going on on the other side of the line. But we fundamentally disagree. Yes, if we fundamentally disagree. And I want to know why. Me too. Because if I'm going to be in the efforts of bringing my corner of the world more towards the middle yep. of things that work or for us. At least coexisting yes. without true hatred. I got to know. I got to know what's going Same. on. And and I've learned some stuff that I'm like, y'all, it's frustrating. It's like, why do you think this? What right. But I know their why. Yes. And then I can I articulate like you know their why. why. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it allows me to better articulate my why. Yes. And why you do what you do. Mm-hmm. And that's something, too, like I'm learning from that book, this book of the lies that your like t- history taught us is um he has a whole checklist of questions actually so when you're reading something or and this can apply to social media very mm-hmm. much so what is that okay first of all what is that person's point of view okay so we look at their gender look at their their you know their their race their because those are all applicable yeah. things right so what is their worldview uh, where, how were they brought up? How you know? Because all asking all those questions helps you understand who you're following and where they're coming from and what they're teaching you. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yes, and that requires and, work. And it does require work. I know it does. <laughs> and but even and I'm not saying writing a dissertation on it. I'm just saying when when you engage with the content, when you engage with what they're teaching you, think think that through. Hey, guess what? Apply that test to Jackie and I. Seriously, yeah. where are we from? Where, what, how do we come to what we believe? What are we reading? I mean, because we are, if you're, if you're engaging in our podcast and you are, and you're listening to us, try, know our background, ask us those questions, yeah, challenge. At, challenge those, yeah. because that's, that's where you learn and you grow. And, and you also know you can learn better when you know someone's point of view. Mm-hmm. Or you can suss out agendas that way as well. Yeah, yeah, girl. Yeah, girl, let me high five you, girl. <laughs> so what, now what? So what, now what? So my so what would be pretty much, I mean, honestly, I think I just said it and I came to the realization is that um, critically think about everything. Mm-hmm. Ask questions. And the people that you engage on social media and the things that you follow and read and the news, everything, understand the, even try and gain background on where people are coming from and their points of view mm-hmm. and their agendas because it's important. It's important to not just blindly follow people. Okay. My so what is, is so what we know um, that activism includes act. Yeah. (laughs) Amen. And it is, it has influenced the world around us today. But yes. And my now what is that now we know that we can do activism a little bit better and a little bit differently. And, um, and I and challenge people to do that to yeah. whatever, what for whatever that looks like. And activism doesn't necessarily mean that um, you're outside with a sign or your no. um, your activism. And let me just say this personally: part of my activism is educating my children. Mm, I love that. That's and that's hard. That's even hard to make space and time to do. Um, but there are plenty of spaces out there. I was just looking at something for PBS that had um, short videos you can show your kids about uh, history and gives you everything that you need to be a teacher to your child or whatever. But that's my form of activism is that I'm raising citizens like and I'm trying to help people around me raise 
amazing citizens. So it doesn't pick your, as Christina says, what breaks your heart and 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 do something, whatever that looks like after that. Because we wouldn't be voting. She or I would not be voting. Nope. Unless had someone been for- had been pissed off. And I can say break your heart or pisses you off. <laughs> Either one. What grinds your some gears? People, uh, things break my heart. Like, I, I, I identify more with the emotional side. Like, mm-hmm. you know, breaks my heart. It makes me cry or, mm-hmm. you know, or something that you see that's inequitable that makes you angry. And if you don't know what that is, message me or Jackie. We'll help you. Yeah. We'll get you angry. <laughs> we'll fire you up for something. Fired up, ready to go. Fired up, ready to go. Hey, and you know what? I will say this. I just want to add. I love living like that. Like it is amazing to wake up. Not not every day is like this. Don't like you know. I'm Listen, to, we had two days this oh week. Oh my where we god, both, both of us. Like I showed up and I was like, hi. I was like, hello, Christina. How are you today? I'm not good today. And then I showed up and I was like, I had to talk myself to get out of the bed. Yes. Mental health game was Yeah, same. We Both fighting. of us. Yeah, so we always try to keep that part real. But yeah. I, but your life is, my life is so much better and has so much more meaning because I know that there's something that I'm fighting for every day and something that I believe in yeah. than just going to work and having friendships and partying and you know and just there it's just it gives me a purpose and I every I believe this I believe that your purpose and comes from something that breaks your heart I think I think everyone that's just a belief that I have that you can find your purpose on the earth when you find like a hole or something that needs fixed or dedicating your life to it yes ma'am so I live with passion amen (laughs) when you're singing kills me I could have said, amen. Get it, Christina. Amen. You know that song? Yeah, I do. I've heard that forever. See? I love that. That's being in that church, girl. It is the church. Go to church now. When I want to rile up my kids, I put on um, uh, James Brown. Oh, I love that. What do they do? do They They, when they, when, look, when, this is my active. (laughs) Let me tell you what I do. Sometimes I want to snatch them up and put them on walls, but when I'm like really like, yeah, I put on James Brown because he's like hitman. Oh, I was like, is that what you want? Come on, look, look. Oh, hey, I love that. Music tells a story, so James Brown is my. I'm mad. Hey, man, I want to feel. I got a bone to pick. Mm, let's go. Yeah, that's that's what I do. Jackie, I'm telling you, we're gonna do an after show where we sing. <laughs> Because you sing all the time. I have to. It keeps me sane. Now sing your way to the polls, y'all. There you go. Okay. Yes. And and what else? What else? I think that's it. I mean, I, we did our now what so or so what now what. Yep. Get to the polls. Get to the polls. Yeah. Do it. Absolutely. Yes. And you know what you've been listening to? Your neighborhood. Your neighborhood. Stay curious and make it a great day. You got the sabers. <laughs> He's been a very active part of this yes. today. <laughs>